0: lord everybody this is pastor fields here and once again the lord has blessed us and graced us and allowed us to come together another wednesday evening and i'm so grateful i always say to be able to come and join with you to worship with you fellowship with you virtually uh, here at greater refuge temple in washington dc and at the refuge temple annex in the bronx and those of you who connect with us weekly. I say, praise the Lord to you all. And I'm grateful to the Lord for this opportunity yet again to come before you. We have been in a series, uh, lessons from the minor prophets. um, And uh, we have been taking little nuggets out of the minor prophets, Uh, chosen a few of the minor prophets. We haven't been dealing with them all. This will be the final Um, Part of our series Uh, It's a six part series And um, I pray that the Lord has Blessed you during this Series we started out in the book of Hosea and uh, We talked about the evidence of Spiritual decline Then from there we Went to the book of Haggai And our lesson Topic was a call to Self-examination And from there, uh, we were in the book of Amos, and our lesson title was a question, Tired or Lazy? And from there, we went to the book of Jonah, and we talked about having another chance, another chance. And last week, we were in the book of Malachi, and... um, Our lesson topic was a challenge to prove God. Um, The actual title was testing, testing, testing. I enjoyed teaching that lesson uh, as I did all of them, but that one was special to my heart. Tonight, I'm in the book of Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk, and we're in chapter three. And I'm going to deal with verses 1 and 2 Before we begin, let's have a word of prayer Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for this day We thank you for this very moment, this opportunity that we have to come together as your people And I pray that you would speak to us tonight, give us what we need in your word In Jesus' name we pray, amen The Lord bless you Now, um, lesson title tonight, A Prayer for Revival, A Prayer for Revival. I'm going to read these verses out of the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, A Prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet upon Shagiamoth. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of of the years in the midst of the years make known in wrath remember mercy in wrath remember mercy well here yet another prophet has risen to talk to the children of israel Uh, he's dealing specifically with judah that southern kingdom remember they are divided Ten tribes in the north, two in the south. they divided because of sin. Uh, both kingdoms, both groups uh, had seasons of turning their back on God, going against God's word, serving idols, getting into mischief, spiritual uh, mischief, and doing things that were displeasing to God Uh, Yet again, because of God's mercy, because of God's grace, he would send a man of God, giving them an opportunity to turn from their wicked ways, to turn from their sin. Why? Because uh, God wants a holy people, um, a people that are going to love him, people that are going to serve him in the beauty of holiness. Habakkuk is, is having a conversation with the Lord. Just to give you a little background, uh, he is angry at the fact that his people are going through so much. And he understands He understands that they have sinned, the people have gone against God. But his issue is with who God is using to chastise them his children. He's using the Chaldeans. Uh, he's using these heathens uh, to chastise us. Why couldn't you do it another way? Why, why would you use these people? Because the Chaldeans were not only uh, treating them harshly, but they were laughing at them, saying, what kind of God are you serving that would allow you to be subject to us? So they were taunting them. Uh, they were teasing them. They were They were not only being abusive but they were rubbing it in their face as if to say your god uh, is a waste of time don't even waste your time serving and worshiping Uh, look at where you are Uh, so by the time uh comes the lord taps him on the shoulder he has some issues and he's basically having a conversation with the lord and the lord is talking back to him He's answering the questions, but then he has an issue because he's not really satisfied with the answers that God is giving him. Uh, I think perhaps uh, maybe he wanted a stronger answer. He wanted God to change his mind uh, and maybe use a different venue or avenue of chastisement. Uh, But the Lord, you know, didn't change his mind. It was, it was time for judgment It was time for them to reap what they had sown And he used the Chaldeans It wouldn't be the first time he used the heathen nation To chastise his people He used the Egyptians He used the Babylonians uh, And you remember um, The entrance of uh, the three Hebrew boys And, and uh, Daniel And Daniel would prophesy and say that one kingdom after another is going to come and because of the transgressions of God's people, uh, they saw that and they sat under different, I'll say different thumbnails or different leaderships. They would sit under the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks um, and they had opportunity to repent and and when I say they, I'm talking about the people of God, uh, but then they would go right back into their sins and we see that pattern in the old testament uh, where the lord would show them grace and mercy and restore and then they would turn back against god Uh, from the book of kings and chronicles you see uh, the up and down pattern Uh, and in the book of joshua uh, at the end of the book as soon as joshua passed away it wouldn't take them long Uh, to go back into their sinful ways judge after judge right Uh, he would raise up a judge i'm in the book of judges now and then as soon as that judge died they go back into their sins and god would raise up another judge Uh, and sometimes the judge had issues Uh, but each time god would give them an opportunity but here again uh, he has stirred up another prophet and Habakkuk is speaking to the lord questioning him uh lord why this way why are you using these people and the lord speaks back to him so by the time we get to chapter three uh Hebeka is literally praying for revival among his people um and he opens up and now it's a strange word he used shagianoth uh prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet upon shagianoth and really this was a song uh, it was poetry but it was put to music it indicates that this this beautiful heartfelt prayer uh, is for a revival Lord send a, a revival uh, I'll give you a date around 600 BC this this prophet is is stirred up to pray uh, and as forestated, stated it's set to music and Habakkuk prayed because, he realizes that revival was desperately needed among the people of God. Um, We tend to think that revival is for the sinner. Uh, That's evangelism. Revival is really for the people of God. We need to be revived. We need to be revived. We need to turn back to our God. Uh, And he prayed, Lord, we desperately need a revival. Why? Three reasons. Israel had become formal, forgetful, and careless. Uh, Formal, by formal I mean they were just doing things ritualistically. They were going to church ritualistically. They were making sacrifices ritualistically, but it wasn't in their heart. Um, And uh, they had become forgetful, forgetting where the Lord brought them from. Forgetting his power, his might, his ability to deliver and heal, his ability uh, to transform and to strengthen, they had just forgotten about the things of God. Uh, what it meant to do what they were doing, what these sacrifices mean, what does what does atonement mean? They just forgotten. They were doing whatever they wanted to do, and they were now careless in their devotion and obedience to God. They were careless. Uh, to feel like I can go to the temple today and and be right today but tomorrow I can do whatever I want and God will accept it that's that's becoming careless so now their their stench or their sin uh, they're not even hiding it anymore and they're doing what they want to do and giving God what he what they want him to have instead of what God is requiring from them so Uh, The prophet is looking around he actually uh, instead of asking so many questions now he is observing uh, because his issue was not only with who God was using but uh, for the chastisement piece but his issue was with the injustices in the world uh, why people were so nasty to each other uh, so dreadfully mean why there was so much division and hatred all of these things bothered him. but uh, When he looked, took another look at his own people, he was saying, "We, there is some similarities, uh, and I would say too many similarities between us and the world. Uh, they had become forgetful, formal, and careless in their devotion and obedience to God. So uh, because of this, they almost lost their testimony. They lost their identity and when you lose your identity and start forgetting the things of God your your testimony weakens and your testimony is not just what you say out of your mouth it's how you live your life so God's holy name was not being honored and his kingdom was not being extended because they had ceased to do the things of God they had ceased to be an example to the world so uh, I believe the study tonight is very relevant to our times because um, perhaps one of the greatest needs that we have as a people of God is for spiritual revival, to come back to the things of God. And yes, um, listen, I'm I'm not beating up the church. I'm not being negative, uh, but I am being observant and saying that we need to just come on back to the fundamentals of things come on back totally to god stop trying to be like the world and be what god wants us to be uh and yes we do need to be evangelistic reach out for souls yes uh that is our mandate uh and we thank god for for our evangelistic meetings i thank god for every fellowship that we have every seminar i thank god uh for all of our meetings that we have, um, and we're always trying to come up with different methods to do this, that, and to bring people in. But there is a need for spiritual revival, for fresh infusion of God's powers, Holy Spirit, within the church. Hallelujah. It's, it's an awakening, so to speak, awakening of our lives Wake up those things that have fallen asleep in our lives, so we don't steer away from God, so we won't be so easily tricked or persuaded to step out of the truth. Uh, an outpouring, another, a fresh outpouring. I don't just mean a praise break for five, ten minutes in the in the worship service. I mean a an outpouring of His Spirit. Hallelujah. So wherever you are, you feel Him. This. Wherever you walk, the power of God is there. Our true revival among the people of God. Hallelujah. This is what Abedekah was praying for. Stir up the people. Stir up our hearts and minds. Hallelujah. And we so we're examining his his prayer uh, that he prays. He says, um, the prophet upon Shagianoth. Oh, Lord, I have heard thy speech. He's talking about the answer. And I, didn't, I don't have time to go through everything that he was questioning God about. Uh, but he said, Lord, I heard what you said to me, and I was afraid. Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath. Remember your mercy. Remember your mercy while you're chastising us remember your mercy while you're chastising us and he's praying for revival Uh, and and before i get into the actual meat of the lesson tonight let's let's talk about some things that we will need in order to see revival what needs to be awakened uh in in so many of our congregations and and in the church in general what do we need to wake up to in order for revival to To begin a true revival uh, And I, I need to say it It doesn't matter When true revival comes It doesn't matter who the preacher is You know I know we have our favorites But because true revival doesn't come from the man It comes from God I'm going to say it again True revival doesn't come from man It comes from God True revival comes from man doesn't come from man i'm sorry that's how some of us think But true revival comes from god so the first thing that we would need to be awakened to is the fact um that we need to be awakened to the power of prayer you'd be surprised uh how slack many have become uh in the area of prayer um coming up in the Lord I was surprised uh, to discover how many churches uh, you know in, in, in our in some environments we're complaining that uh, people are not taking advantage of the prayer meeting when you call prayer but there, there are churches that don't have prayer at all. they just come to have church but there's no prayer meeting call, no prayer uh, no prayer. Uh, And in order for revival to happen, we have to be awakened to the power of prayer. Um, Listen to to my notes. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers. I'm in 1 Timothy, second chapter now, verses 1 through 4. And I'm reading it in a different uh, translation. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives and all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our savior who wants all people, listen to what Paul is writing to Timothy, Timothy, he wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So we need to wake up, prayer is essential. Every church should be on their knees hallelujah everybody should be laying on their face crying out to god when prayer uh because when you don't pray or when when you just pray once in the blue moon prayer is not no longer the engine of what you're doing prayer has to be the engine we have made in some environments we've made prayer the caboose you know the caboose is the last car of a train but if we're going to get a revival stirred up among the people of God, prayer has to become the engine, not the caboose. My God. It has to be the engine of our ministry. Everything that we do. Hallelujah. Then I believe our churches, our ministries will become an unstoppable train. <laughs> that will advance the gospel of Jesus Christ in imaginable ways, my Lord. So in order for this people of God, when we pray, we have to pray with passion, we have to pray with focus, and we have to pray with faith and it takes time. And you heard me say last week, I believe not only uh, is it time to pray, but it takes time to pray, pray with passion. Pray with focus and pray with faith. You must first believe that I am God then that I am a reward of them that diligently seek me. We have to pray. Pray not only for ourselves, but pray for the lost. Pray for one another. Pray for this nation. This, this nation is a mess. <laughs> this nation that we live in needs God. We've got to pray for the entire world. Pray that God intervenes and breaks up the hard soil of un, unregenerate hearts and sends forth uh, those uh, who would work in the vineyard so we could win as many souls as possible and who would spread the message of Jesus Christ everywhere they go. Because the harvest is plenteous. The harvest is ready, is ripe. But the laborers are few. We need to pray. Wake up to the need of prayer. The second thing is... We have to wake up to the need for holiness. We have to come back to holiness. We have to come back to holiness, all of us, from the pulpit to the door. We can't just talk about holiness. We have to make sure that we're walking in holiness. Second Timothy chapter two verses nineteen through twenty one. Nevertheless the foundation of God standeth sure having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. And if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work." So we have to make sure if we want revival to come the way that God determines revival. Then we have to wake up to the need to pray and we have to wake up for the need for holiness. God only serves, uh, God only serves the church revival on a clean plate. So we have to purify our hearts. We have to purify our hearts. And if there's any sin in the camp, we need to address it, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If there's any sin in our lives, we need to confess it to the Lord. And I would say also that we have to have people in our lives that are going to make us accountable in these areas, someone that you can be accountable to uh we we should have such a relationship with one another where we can we can ask each other how's your walk uh how how's your walk are you you still walking in holiness um so that together we can walk in purity this is what james says chapter 5 verse 16 confess your faults one to another and pray one For another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So um, we confess to God to be forgiven. Yes, but we confess to each other to get healed. Yeah, there might be some some things bothering us. So you, you need someone that you can talk with, sure. And we should be trustworthy enough. That's why uh, you can't hang around gossipers and those that don't pray, but you need someone that's spiritual that you can share with. It helps you. It helps you heal. We confess our sins to God to be forgiven, but we confess to each other to get healed. Uh, So we should be able to touch and agree and pray. Father, heal her. Help her. Hallelujah. Help her in her journey help her oh god to forgive herself heal her wounds because some of the wounds we have are self-inflicted you can't walk in sin and not have some self-inflicted wounds hallelujah let me explain when you know what's wrong and you continue to do it you're self-inflicting a wound that's another lesson so we need to wake up for the need to holiness We need to wake up also to the necessity of faith, the necessity of faith. Without faith, it is impossible. Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God Mm -hmm. because anyone who comes to him, and I quoted a portion of it, must first believe that he exists and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. Hallelujah! So we've got to walk in this holiness, and we've got to trust him and have faith in him. Without faith, no one will ever experience his holiness. So you need faith to trust him, to walk in his way. Without holiness, no one will see him, and without faith, no one will experience his holiness. So a living faith Listen to my notes. Living a faith of true holiness that increases our prayer impact is not a matter of keeping a list or trying to erase our sins in our own human strength. It's a matter of living a life of faith in Jesus Christ, who can live his already conquered sin through the cross resurrection life through us. That's a mouthful, but he's already conquered it. So you got to let him live that unconquered, uh, that conquered sin, uh, that conquering of sin life. I'm, I'm going to get it straight. He has already conquered sin, so you let him live this life through you. So it is possible for me to live holy if I allow him to function and breathe and live through me. I, I believe that we can experience a, a revival if we live a life of faith that... Uh, brings us to a purity of our hearts and our lives. Uh, Acts chapter 15, verse nine, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Hmm. Um, There was an issue in the early church, you know, who can be saved? These These are not Jews, but God is saving them. And they were putting a difference between, when I say they, the Jews are putting a difference between them and the heathen. Uh, but when the Holy Ghost comes, we're, we all become one. It doesn't matter what your background is. Uh, so uh, here when the Holy Ghost was falling, the Bible says, and I, I just read it for you, uh, the book of Acts 15 and 9, uh, because of this, it put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. And I read that to to simply say this, we can't live holy within ourselves. Hallelujah. Uh, We have to allow the Holy Ghost to do it through us. We can't shut down on the Holy Ghost. And when we live like this, our prayers uh, will have an impact. I want my prayer to have an impact. In order for that, I have to live the life before God, and have to allow him, his strength, his power um, to be generated in my life. I want to be like Daniel when he prayed. Daniel 9 and 23, at the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Hallelujah, as soon as Daniel prayed, a word came out. He was so impactful in his prayers. Soon as he prayed, uh, got so that even before he opened his mouth, God was sending an answer to him. Hallelujah, and when we pray, when we learn how to pray, the issue really isn't between us and God. It's, it's, It's the enemy who may try to block the answer, but the answer is coming, the answer is there. Hallelujah, and we want such a revival uh, that when the saints pray, things will happen in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Yes, the enemy may fight, but the answer's coming. Glory to God. I f- I'm feeling this in my spirit. Uh, we also need to wake up to the urgency of the gospel. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed, Paul said, Romans one I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first also to the Greek Uh, and this last thing I want to say needs to happen in order for the church to see revival and then we'll jump into the lesson we have to we can't ignore I'm going to say we cannot ignore the potential of our youth our young people uh, we're going to have to start bridging the gaps and training and and being patient with them. We're going to have to wake up to this. Um, I want to read a scripture, 1 Corinthians 1 and 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Um, and there's another scripture that comes to my mind, something that Paul told uh, Timothy, let no man despise thy youth, uh, and and I'm using these scriptures because you know I was a I was a teenager at one time, and I'm I'm raising one now. I've got a son and a daughter, um, and and even remembering my own foolishness and growing up, and sometimes in church we look at the young people and we say, ah, oh, they're young, um, and I think we need to change our attitude towards the youth. Um, and I know there's, This, and I, I, I do it sometimes when I'm talking to my daughter, I'm, I just roll my eyes up in the air and I say, oh my God, uh, please hurry up and grow up. Uh, but you know, it dawned on me that we should not underestimate these young people. We shouldn't underestimate them, um, as a potent, as a powerful tool of revival. Mm-hmm. And in order for that to happen, we got to spend time with them. We got to nurture them. We got to love on them and we have to feed them the word. <laughs> and, and I'm remembering uh, these things and I'm thinking about these things because I, I understand some things about God now that I perhaps didn't, Understand before that God loves to use unlikely things to accomplish his goals. Unlikely things, unlikely people to accomplish unimaginable things. Yeah, God was going to use her. She's only 13. He's only 15. And when you read the Bible and you see these things, David was 15 years old when samuel anointed him king yeah samuel himself was a young lad laying in the room next in the in the room next to eli hearing the voice of god calling him and i think we we put a lot of age limits on stuff and we say who can do this and who can't do that um and i'm starting to see things differently we want revival we're praying for revival uh, but while we're praying for revival, we're trying to tell God who to use, where to go, and that's not our business. Hallelujah. God is going to start using uh, people that un- to do unimaginable things, some of our teenagers. He's going to use them, hallelujah, to spark revival in our homes, in our families, in the house of God. I'm talking to somebody. um why do you think when something new comes out in the world, something, something that is, can be damaging, something that can be sinful, the enemy will always reach out to the young people, the, the next generation, hallelujah, uh, because that generation will become us one day. Uh, and we need to be smart enough to turn to our young people and say, God is going to use you. I don't want the enemy to use you for anything. I'm claiming you for the kingdom. A, a teenager, listen, I, I watch my daughter and I watch my son. Uh, these young people can bring souls to Christ a lot quicker than some of us old folks who are st- stuck in our ways. Too stubborn to want to learn anything else. They can spread the gospel a whole lot Faster and and a whole lot less judgment. We tend to judge people before we talk to them about. Well, she ain't gonna receive it or look how they look. But a young person will just walk up to you. I don't care what you look like. Your hair can be purple. Your lips can be blue. Uh, but do you know Christ as your personal Savior? And I think now some of you may not like this. I think one of the quickest ways to revive uh, the church. Is to allow our young people to function more, yes. Get them saved, yes, I agree. They need the Holy Ghost, Hallelujah. But I think if we do less fussing and judging, they would they would get saved real quick and come to the Lord. That's why I I, I challenge you to unleash their potential. Let's let's unleash their potential. Let's and do that by spending more time with them, talking to them about the things of God. And you'll discover that they have, some of them have a heart for God and they want the church to to function and prosper. They wanna see souls saved just like you do. Uh, So our youth ministries have to be strategic, hallelujah. So that brings me in to the lesson because Habakkuk, and we talked about Amos, we talked about Haggai, we talked about Hosea, they were young men. They weren't old men when God started dealing with them. uh, they, they They were some young fellas. Listen, when Jesus picked his 12, they weren't old men. They weren't walking around with a AARP card in their pocket. These were young fellas. Hallelujah. Some of the things we shun and push away, God was reaching out and using them, yes. Uh, so we, I think, we need to change our way of thinking. And this, this conversation that Habakkuk was having with with God, I think the Lord talking back to him and his dealing with him, Habakkuk's thinking started to change a little bit. Uh, and now he's praying for a revival. He stopped fussing uh, about who was who God was using to punish them and he said Lord we need a revival do something with us because if you don't do something with us hallelujah 10 years from now we'll be in the same place doing the same thing acting the same we need a revival hallelujah we need a revival uh, so here he is Rebekah praying to the Lord uh, Lord stir us up Lord Hallelujah. I'm praying to you, upon uh, Shigyanov. I'm putting music to it. Uh, I hear this prayer. I've heard your speech. I was afraid. Revive the work in the midst of the years, in the midst of the years, make known in wrath. Remember mercy. Hallelujah. Don't forget us, Lord. Don't forget your promises, Lord. Uh, send us a revival. Give us what we need. So, uh, in that second verse, the word, oh, it expresses a deeply felt longing for revival. Uh, the prophet prays. Uh, he's standing in awe of the deeds of God. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm standing in awe of what you've done. Uh, so there's a feeling of intensity when he's writing this, saying these words. Uh, and I'm wondering how many of us are really burdened in our hearts. Lord, we need you to stir us up. I don't, I don't want uh, church as usual. I don't, I don't just wanna get caught up in, in the formality of things. I want the power of God moving among his people. Hallelujah. I. I when you really think about it, uh, are we really in that place of functioning as God's people uh, that he really wants us to be? Are we experiencing the power of God the way we should and could be experiencing it? Um, like we see in the Bible. They were in one place on one accord and the power of God falls. Uh, Power, so even as we pass by someone, our shadow, they get caught in the shadow, they receive healing. Uh, The testimony of of the church, what is the testimony of the church in the world? Uh, Are we we really trying to do our best to be like the world? Or are we doing our best uh, to get the world to be like us? hallelujah in other words i I don't want to be an ineffective church we don't want to be an ineffective people we want to be sound we want to be powerful we want to be the kind of people that can affect change in other people's lives hallelujah do we want to be uh people that are wrapped up with petty things petty arguments uh do we want to continue to deal with jealousy and squabbling? Uh, do we want to continue with the barriers that we put up between one another? Um, is, is there going to continue to be a lack of love between me and my brother and me and my sister? Holla, you know, these are things we don't want to talk about. And I'm not attacking the church, but I'm just I'm just keeping it real and putting it there because how can I love God whom I've never seen and I won't even speak to you. And I see you every week. Hallelujah. Uh, and so uh, Habakkuk realizes this. Lord, we 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 are trying, calling ourselves the people of God. But there's 10 tribes up there and two tribes down here. We're not even together. We're the way we should be. Hallelujah. We're not even be, be being the children that you want us to be. Uh, so he's praying. Hallelujah. Have mercy on us. Uh, and we need to get back into prayer. Come to prayer meeting. Hallelujah. So we can be a united church, a strong church. Come to prayer. Go to prayer. Come to prayer. come. To, listen, uh, you can, if you can go to that business meeting, you can come to that prayer meeting. Hallelujah. Got to get back to the word of God and stay in the word of God. Hallelujah! Listen, he says the word Lord, uh, and he repeats the word Lord often in his in writings, talking about Habakkuk. But in his prayer, uh, he's praying to the Lord because revival comes from heaven. Remember, I said, if we're going to have revival, it's coming from heaven. Uh, it can't be worked up. It can't be sung up. Uh, revival is not just an emotional thing. Revival is a spiritual thing. Hallelujah. High places are torn down. Demons are cast out. Yeah. Hallelujah. Things are healed. Things that were broken are healed. Hallelujah. Burdens are lifted. Um it's it's not it's not a man thing. It's a God thing. We need we need a revival. We should be praying, Lord send a revival among your people. Hallelujah! The fact that we often place emphasis on outward things, on organization things. Uh, we advertise everything, you know, especially with social media. Every two minutes you see this, this function, that function. We need to really concentrate, though, uh, on a true revival among the people of God. Hallelujah, And understand that only God can send a revival. Hallelujah. So uh, here the prophet is praying, Lord, we need a revival. Stir us up. Remember your mercy, Lord. Hallelujah. Do something with us, among us. And I, I really believe, and it's in, it's in my notes, that when the people of God concentrate on getting in the Lord's presence, Not on titles, not on position, uh, but concentrate on getting in God's presence. Uh, He'll hear our voice. We'll hear his voice. Yes. Hallelujah. Things happen when God starts talking to you. And that's what prayer is all about. Prayer is not just me talking to him, but prayer is me being silent and allowing God to talk back to me. Uh, listen to what Isaiah said. Isaiah 66 and two, for all those things have my hand made and all those things have been, saith the Lord, but to this man will I look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Hallelujah. Habakkuk, uh had in fact done this. Uh, Let's go back to Habakkuk chapter 2 now, verses 1, 2, and 3. He says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say unto me. Hallelujah. At what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but that, the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So while he was alone in God's presence, uh, he experienced uh, what the psalmist says when he mentions, uh, listen, what the psalmist mentioned in Psalm 85. I'm going to read it for you. Verses six through eight. wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God, the Lord, will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Hallelujah. It's not time for us to go back. It's not time to dilly-dally. Let us go forward and ask God for revival. Revive us, Lord. Hallelujah. And don't let us go back into our folly. The stuff we are focusing on, some of the stuff we're focusing on, we need to, we need to leave it alone and just focus on the things of God. Hallelujah. Learn how to abase ourselves, or humble ourselves in the presence of the Lord so God can begin to deal with us. Hallelujah. So we can start opening the door for greater things. Listen to my notes. One person can open the door through which uh, our Lord can enter in reviving and quickening power into his church. I'm I'm going to read out of the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse number 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and will be with him. Now this is Jesus on the outside knocking to get inside. What would happen if we let him in? And every time I read that passage of scripture in, in Revelation, I'm I'm reminded of the fact that Jesus is outside. What is he doing outside? Why is he outside? And he's talking to his own churches. He's talking to seven churches in Asia Minor. Each church he has an issue with uh, he comes to them, but he's saying, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. Meaning the church folks are inside and Jesus is not even in his own house. But he said, if someone gets up and lets me in, if you get up and let me in, hallelujah, I will sup with you and you with me. Hallelujah. Here he, Habakkuk speaks and he uses the words, revive thy work. Hallelujah! Unveil the true nature of revival. The true nature of revival. Revive thy work. He he didn't listen. Habakkuk is not praying. Lord, deal with the heathen. Save the heathen. Save them. Deal with them. He didn't pray that prayer. He's you know now he's having a conversation with God. He was fussing a little bit, complaining. Why are you using these heathens to deal with us? What is all this injustice? Chaldeans were some nasty people. They were wicked. They were corrupt. Why are you using these heathens to deal with us? Is what Rebecca is asking him. Hallelujah. <laughs> they were unfair. It didn't matter. Jew, whoever you were, the Chaldeans were some mean folks. And Rebecca had an issue with it. But God dealt with them, and now he's not not praying, Lord, save the heathen. Deal with the heathen. He's saying now, revive your work. Do something with us. Put your people right. Get us right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, get us right. Help me to get right. Help me to stop fussing about what other people are doing. Help me to get right. Help us to get right. And, and here's where a lot of times we confuse revival with evangelism. Uh, we, we we mix evangelism with uh, revival. Now, I, I would say that a revival includes evangelism, but evangelism doesn't necessarily include revival. Evangelism includes... Uh, okay, I'll just put it out there. Evangelism uh, in. It involves organization, publicity, teamwork, uh, you know, and and now we've got social media, uh, media appearances, uh, it, it involves a lot of human effort, yes. All of which is good, it's very good, but listen, when revival comes, hallelujah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with humans our endeavors. It has nothing to do with how many flyers you made and sent out. It has nothing to do with how many times you saw it on Facebook. It always begins with the people of God. It begins in the church. The people of God in the hearts and lives of God's people, His own people. So revival really is for the children of God. For us to get back in line. Yes. So he's saying, Lord, do something with us. Do something with your work. He needs you to do something with us. Remember what I read. He talks about in the midst of the years. Speak to us. Speak to us of the time of revival. So Habakkuk repeats this. He repeats these words in his prayer. So when someone repeats something, I have to start thinking about, well, why is this significant? Why why does he feel a need to repeat it? I think it, it was because he was a desperate. He's starting to see the condition of his own people. Uh, he's, he's turning his focus away from the heathen and saying, we need we need some work done on us. I'm complaining about the sinner uh, and we we're not as close as we should be to the Lord. We need reviving. So he repeats this in his his prayer. Uh, And I'm going to read it again for you. Uh, Let me get there. Habakkuk chapter 3. Verses 1. And 2. A prayer for Becca, the prophet, upon North. Oh, Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. Oh, Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. 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 Speak to us of the time of revival. He repeats it. Revive your work now. Lord, oh, revive us now. I'm desperate. We're desperate for a move of God. And surely... uh. I can interpret it as being any time, time. You don't have to put this on the calendar. We don't have to wait until December 1st. Lord, start doing something now. Send, send it now. Speak to us of the time of revival. Speak to us of the time of revival. Let it start happening even now. Any time is a good time, Lord. Hallelujah for you to move in our lives. Any time when revival is needed and when God's people will pray, When God's people will come together, revival will start. God will start moving and healing and delivering and changing and strengthening. Hallelujah. I wish I could teach this the way that I feel it in my spirit. Um, And here, I I don't want you to think that we're contradicting what has already been said about God being the author of revival. Uh, Because God is sovereign. But he's also declared in his word that he is willing to hear and answer the prayers of his people. So when when uh, Habakkuk says in in the midst of the years at this very time, God will revive. Uh, Lord, send your revival now, uh, and I believe also it's it's a it's a plea for him. Indirectly, he's saying, what do we need to do to get this thing? off the ground to get this revival started um, let's go to 2nd chronicles listen to what the lord says in 2nd chronicles uh, chapter 7 verse 14 some of you can quote it while i'm reading it if my people which are called by my name Shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. My Lord. So if my people would come together and do what? Pray. But then he says and turn from their wicked ways. So he's telling his children there's some turning you need to do. Hallelujah. You're not facing me. You're not, you're not doing the things that I need you to do. You need to turn from your wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. You want revival? We have to come together and pray and turn from my wicked ways. Turn from your gossip and judgmental attitudes. Turn from even your hatred and despising of one another. Turn from your division. My goodness. Turn from all of that. Turn from your worldly lust. Turn from that. And I'll hear from heaven and will forgive your sin. I will forgive your sin. He's talking to his own people. I will forgive your sin and heal their land. It's personal. I'll start doing things in your lives if you would just turn back to me. So the words make known that Habakkuk uses uh, reveal the effects of revival so Habakkuk is saying Lord uh, let's get this thing started show us what we need to do to bring this revival among your people work on us Uh, so he's saying revive your work unveil the true nature of revival and then speak to us of the time of revival hallelujah Speak to us uh, of the time of revival. Start this, show us how to get it cranked up. Hallelujah. Show us, oh God, what needs to be done so revival will break out among your children and make known the effects of this revival. Because when revival comes, hallelujah, some things are gonna be revealed. Some things are gonna be uncovered. Hallelujah. Concerning God, number one, uh, concerning his majesty, His glory, His holiness. Hallelujah. He'll show Himself even more among His children. My goodness, I felt something. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings with twain he covered his face with twain he covered his feet with twain he did fly and one cried unto another and said holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke my lord then said i woe is me I am done because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. So when God comes among his people, when you see God clearer, hallelujah, you can see him more clearly. You also see how far you are from him. Because he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. This is the prophet. He's already in the church. But he's seeing once the king died, once flesh was out of his face. Hasando glory! And I can see God even clearer now. He said, Oh, I'm not even where I should be. I am a man of unclean lips. And the people that I'm around are people that have unclean lips. Mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he hath taken with the tongs from off the altar. Hallelujah! And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo! This have touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am, send me. So, <laughs> when revival starts happening among God's people. We get into this prayer like we should, coming together giving up the things of our flesh and our little pet peeves and all of this division and animosity that we've allowed to build up between uh, the children of God among the children of God. Hallelujah we'll be able to see ourselves better also. Oh Lord, I need to get this clinked up. I need to get this Lord help me. Hallelujah. He may, he'll make known our sins, our weaknesses. Hallelujah. We'll see our own emptiness and our own failures hallelujah we'll start saying lord i need help me to get this thing together this is what habakkuk was praying lord help us to see ourselves and show us some mercy and bring a revival stir us up hallelujah let's look at this in lamentations chapter three lamentations chapter three verses 40 through 42 let us search and try our ways And turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. We have transgressed and have rebelled. Thou hast not pardoned. Hallelujah. So here, Jeremiah in Lamentations, and you know, Jeremiah uh, was crying too. He was burdened. He was hurt too about all that was going on among his people. But he says, let's search and try our ways. Turn again to the Lord. Lift up our heart with our hands. My Lord, unto God in the heavens, we have transgressed and have rebelled. Thou hast not pardoned. I want to take you to Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First reconcile to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Now, what is this all about? Hallelujah. God is will always give us an opportunity to check ourselves. Hallelujah. And when we start checking ourselves and getting into the word and the word of God, will show you yourself too. It'll show me myself. Hallelujah. And we start Doing these things, revival will break out among the people of God. This is why I'm saying, hallelujah, revival is not in the organ. Revival is not in the preacher. But revival starts in in our hearts when we come to God the way he wants us to come to him. And we start focusing on the things of God. And he'll come among his people and revival will break out. This is what Rebekah was praying for. Matthew 5. 23 and 24. Hallelujah. Bring your gift. If you're going to bring your gift to the altar and you remember that there's an issue between you and your brother. Hallelujah. So much so there's a wound there. There's an issue there. Get up from the altar. Go your way. Go to your brother. Go to your sister and be reconciled to them and then come back to the altar. Hallelujah. I know some of y'all don't want to hear this, but I'm in the word of God. Luke chapter 19, verse number eight. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Now here's Zacchaeus. Uh, he's just met Jesus. Hallelujah. And you can never meet Jesus and not see what's wrong with you he's with jesus and the presence of the lord starts dealing with him the fact that jesus has changed his life he sees his sins he sees himself he sees his wrongdoings and he says lord whatever i've done and if i've 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 taken more than i should have taken from someone i'll go reconcile to them he starts making inventory I wanna get it straight, I wanna get it right. Why? So things between me and God can flow the way they're supposed to flow. Also, hallelujah, when revival comes, it makes known the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Acts chapter five, verses 11 and 12. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. I want miracles to break out in our services, people to get up out of wheelchairs, bodies to be healed. Hallelujah. When the people of God come together, signs and wonders will be in the midst. Why? Because the people of God are being revived and stirred up, gifts are being used hallelujah hallelujah the power of god is moving in such a way i'm praying for this and you should be praying for this too so revival is essential yes he says these words also in your wrath remember mercy in your wrath lord remember mercy so this is suggesting to us the true motive behind his prayer. I want revival, but it's not to raise money. I want revival, Lord, but, it's, but it's, it's not so I can do this, that, and the other. It's not so we can be popular. I want revival, Lord, but in this revival, hallelujah, I, I want to let you know in your wrath, I want you to remember mercy and the true motive for his praying for revival uh, and remember, I said, and I gave you a little backdrop, he's upset. He's been having this conversation with God about the people that God is using to chastise Israel. You're using these Chaldeans, and they're, they're nasty people. These are some ungodly folk, and you, you're using them to punish us, your own people. But finally, he realizes, Holly, that there's a whole lot of similarities between us and the people I'm fussing about. Habakkuk prays and he reveals some things in his prayer. He reveals he would reveal his mercy to show the other side of his nature. I'm praying Lord that you would you would let us see the other side. I know you're you're upset with us. Even David said his anger endureth but for a moment weeping endures for the night but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Come to the realization Lord that you hate sin. You hate sin but you love the sinner. God hates the sin, but you love the one that sins, hallelujah. And sometimes his children go down the wrong street. He doesn't hate you, but he hates the wrongdoing. And this is why we need to pray, Lord, send a revival so your children can get back on track, so we can be where we're supposed to be live the way we're supposed to live so revival will be ongoing hallelujah when we get this thing right you don't have to put revival on the calendar it happens it's happening all the time it's an ongoing stirring an ongoing move feeling your power frequently (laughs) glory to god so i'm going to close with this i'm getting ready to let you go revival is essential Revival deals with the rest- the restoring of God's presence among His people. Remember, in Exodus chapter 33, I won't I won't read all of it, or uh, I don't want to hold you too much longer. God God was threatening in that chapter to remove His presence from His people. Understanding that there's no real life apart from God's presence, Moses pleaded with God, "Lord, please return to us." That's in uh, Exodus 33 and 15. He says, if your presence doesn't go with us, Lord, um, don't bring us up here. If you're not going to go with us, don't, don't take us any further. We, we don't want to go any further with you. We, Moses is realizing that God's presence is essential. And God was tired of his children, acting out, doubting him, and, and uh, being persistent in sin. And he was threatening to withdraw himself. And Moses was trying to let the people know we need God. Hallelujah. We need God. Listen, I don't want Greater Refuge Temple here in D.C. or Refuge Temple Annex, hallelujah, to ever get to a place where we feel like we can do life without God. We can't do life without God. We can't really do church without God. And their, their congregation is trying to do church, but God ain't there. That's why in the book of Revelation, you hear him saying, I'm standing at the door knocking. He's got to be on the inside. I don't want to have church if Jesus is not there. And the truth is, if he's not there, we can't do it anyway. So revival is, is, is essential. Yes, it is. And we need God's presence there. Hallelujah. And we got to come to a place where we're we're not so high-minded that we can't stay in the place of repentance. Repent ye therefore, Acts 3.19, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And you say, well, Fields, why do we need his presence? We need his presence if we're going to recover any kind of biblical sense if we're going to have any kind of respect for his word, we're going to need his presence around us. Yes, I want his presence. I want it potently. I want it strongly among every time we come together in worship. And not just when we come together in worship, but in our private lives. I want you to be able to feel his presence. God can come to you even while you're in the bathroom, or in the living room, and you'll feel his presence. He did it with John on the Isle of Patmos. He wasn't in church. He's on an island. And listen to what John says in Revelation uh, 117. And when I saw him, I I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. John fell on his face in God's presence. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I want God's presence in, in worship so strong until the choir can't sing the preacher can't even preach. We're just, we're just laying before him, hallelujah, hallelujah. And listen, I'm talking. What I'm talking about is more than just a physical response. Uh, I'm talking about yielding our hearts, our wills to him, letting him mm-hmm. rule our lives. Hallelujah. We need him. We need his presence if we're going to battle the sin in our own lives. Yeah. And I know the saints don't like to talk about the the issues that they have within themselves, but I want God's presence so until we're able to win the battle that we're having with ourselves. Because Isaiah said it, chapter 6, he said, When I saw the Lord sitting high on the throne, lifted up his train, filled the temple, I stood, hallelujah, above it stood rather the seraphims, and he, he talks about them, but... Listen, one cried and another said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Uh, and, and when I heard his voice, the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. The house was filled with smoke. Uh, and when God's presence filled the temple, I said, woe is me, for I am undone. Hallelujah. So the prophet had a, a life-defining encounter. And this is what we need, kind of revival we need, a life Hallelujah. Defining encounter with the Lord. And and the result was, the result of this encounter, listen, was that he became intensely aware of his own sinfulness. I'm aware that I'm I'm not as close to you as I need to be. Hallelujah. It was like turning the lights on in a dark room. God's holiness will highlight all the impurities in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we'll see immediately that we need to get closer to him. Hallelujah. And when God's, uh, the intensity of his light is shined on us, remember that song? Shine on me, shine on me, let the light from the lighthouse. That's what that song is all about. Shine it on me so I can see myself better and get it right. Hallelujah. We need him if our land is going to be healed and we read that in second chronicles god says if we are repentant then he will heal our land and the land is suffering our personal land is suffering and the lands that we live in is suffering if we come together god'll do some things hallelujah listen and we dealt with it in the book of haggai where god had to deal with the people and say you need to consider your ways he said, and, and you're not even looking at yourselves to see what you need to improve on. He said, you've sown much, but you're bringing in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You're drinking, and you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, uh, but no one is warm. Uh, you're earning all of this money, but uh, I'm poking holes in your pockets because you think it's all about you. Hallelujah. In in such a way, and and when he says that, you can do it without me, but you can't do it without me. You can't be holy without me. You can't do anything without. If we're going to have a true revival, we have to say, Lord, do it. We can't do it. Hallelujah. We need his presence. We're going to need his presence. if We're going to love the way we're supposed to love. If we're going to love souls like we should love souls. Remember, um, in in the Gospel according to St. Luke, there's a a segment there, chapter 9, verses 36 through 38, where it shows that Jesus is having compassion on the masses of people. Mm -hmm. Listen to what he's saying. Uh, And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone and they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. And it came to pass that on the next day when they were come down from the hill, much people met him. And behold, a man of the company cried out saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son for he is mine only child. Uh, So Jesus oftentimes showed that he would take time he would take time to show love individually he's not just a congregation god he's an individual god and he takes time to hear what you have to say and to deal with your issue he has compassions on the masses yes hallelujah but jesus also was the kind of savior that he would take time with you individually he's a personal a personal Savior, We have a high priest that can feel, he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Hallelujah. And we need his presence if we're going to uh, answer the cries of our these generations that are coming up behind us. If we're going to be effective in winning them and bringing them in. We need his presence hallelujah we need his presence and i know we're always talking about bridging the gap but a lot of times we're trying to bridge these gaps in our flesh hallelujah and the truth is god is the repairer of every breach we need his presence (laughs) thank you holy ghost we need him if we're going to recover the hearts of those who have left us when I say those who have left us, those who have backslidden, those who have walked away from his word. If we're going to recover the hearts of, of them, their hearts, then we, we need his presence. We can't do it in our flesh. This is why we need revival to be stirred up. And we need him if we're going to see more souls saved. We need his presence among us. We need his presence. If we're going to see more souls saved, we need his presence So we can preach under the anointing. So the choir can sing with an anointing. Hallelujah. And it's a choir singing in holiness. It's a preacher that's preaching who's living in holiness. Hallelujah. It's a congregation that's functioning in holiness. And we're effective in bringing those souls in. Young and old. Hallelujah. So we're going to see more souls saved. We need his presence among us. We need his presence among us. Hallelujah. In the presence of God, in his presence is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures evermore. In the presence of God, lives are changed. So when sinners come among us, they feel God's power moving. Hallelujah. And their bodies are healed. Sinner can walk in and immediately be filled with the Holy Ghost and say, what now is next? You got to be baptized. I've known people that got the Holy Ghost before they were baptized. And they came among the people of God. When the Holy Ghost fell, they got to to live it. Hallelujah. Came in drunk and the Lord slew them and got them drunk in the Holy Ghost. And we had to take them and baptize them. I want to go back to those days where the power of God is moving among his people so everybody knows that the children of God have come together. And we're not just together physically, but we're together, heart to heart, breast to breast, loving one another and the fear of God walking in His holiness. this is what Rebekah is praying for. He said, "I'm not going to complain about the Chaldeans anymore. I want revival to be stirred among our people and we need His presence if we're going to impact the nation. hallelujah. If we're going to really impact this nation, We need his presence among us. We need to stop pushing flesh and say, Lord, have your way. Stop putting up man up on the pedestal and God is down. No, Lord, you belong up there. We need him if we're going to make this impact upon this nation in our communities. Hallelujah. We have to be more than just a a A group of people that are coming together to have a good time. No, Lord, we need revival. Everything will change. Everything will change when God is really standing among us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I want God. 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 So let's pray that he'll revive each and every one of our hearts Mm -hmm. with himself I want more of God transforming us and we in turn can help transform the lives of people around us I want God I want God and more God I'm going to stop there I I know I wasn't able to really express it the way that I feel it, but I hope that I've said something in this series that has been a blessing. I'm praying for revival among God's people. I'm praying that the power of God will fall in such a way with such fervency until everyone who's around us will be affected, our communities, our families, because we are in good standing with our God. And he is using us the way that he intends to use us. And the blessings of the Lord are flowing richly among his people. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. We've come together these weeks, pulling nuggets out of your word. Among the minor prophets, your sons, who you sent to speak a word to your children. Finally, we pray, oh God, that you would send a revival among us. Send it, Lord, in our homes, in our personal lives. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us of all the unrighteousness within us. Create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. Blot out our transgressions. Whatever you see in us, that should not be, Lord. We bring it all to you. We bring it all to you. Hallelujah. Bring revival among us, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you today. If you're in special need of prayer, you have a special request, send it to me, won't you, at admin at grtdc.org. Or if you want to be baptized in that wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ, send that request to me, and we'll make arrangements for you to be baptized. The Lord loves you. He wants to save your very soul. And if you'd like to pay your tithes or give an offering on tonight, you may do so. Those of you who are at Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, you may use Give fi or as they pass the basket, you may give your offering that way also. And those of you uh, in this area here in D.C., follow those instructions, won't you, on the screen that a technician will uh provide for you You can follow those instructions lord bless both gift and giver take these seeds O god and bring forth harvest we ask in jesus name amen don't want to hold you much longer but my heart and mind is already looking towards next week and what we can share with you in the word of god i love you so much and i'm so grateful for this time that we spend with each other Until next week, there are three things that I want you to do. I want you to be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom. Shalom.